HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Alice Waters, Ron Finley, Paolo De Croce, and Dana Cowan. We're so pleased to have them. I just want to give you a short introduction so you know who they are, although I think everyone um, knows these wonderful folks. Alice, of course, is a champion of local sustainable agriculture. In 1995, she started the Edible Schoolyard Project, and her mission is to make lunch an academic subject. Um, she has been the vice president of Slothood International since 2002. Alice, thank you for joining us today. Ron. <laughs> Ron Finley is known as the Gangsta Gardener, coming from, Los, um, from California. He says his weapon of choice is shovel, soil, and seeds. Uh, and his goal is to bring healthy food to areas with limited access. So thank you, Ron, thank you. also for joining us here. Thank you. Paolo De Croce comes to us from Italy, from the mothership, um, <laughs> Slow Food International. He's the international secretary of the Slow Food International Board of Directors. He really works closely with Terra Madre, our um, model event in Italy, he, and he's great at sharing the vision for slow food around the world. He's well connected with communities across the globe. He's an inspiring leader and a good listener, and I really thank you, Paolo, for being here today as well. Lastly, we're so honored to have Dana Cowan as our moderator and guest today. For two decades, she was the editor-in-chief at Food & Wine, and she has recently started a podcast on Heritage Radio Network called Speaking Broadly. She is the chief brand advisor for Dig, which is a restaurant group in the Northeast. And I'll turn it over to you, Dana, now. Thank you so much. Thank you. So exciting to be here with all of you and with this unbelievable, incredible panel, right? Can we just have one round of like, amazing! <laughs> We're gonna devote our time this morning to talking about the ways in which we can work together to uh, make an impact, shape the future, and make it more sustainable for all, which I think um, is kind of obvious, but I'm so excited to hear how each of you views what we're doing now and what we can do to change in the future, both as individuals and as part of Slow Food. And I'm going to begin because we're here at the very moment of the start of Slow Food to talk about what does Slow Food mean to each of you. 
I'm going to start with the easiest one, <laughs> Paolo. <laughs> this should be, this is the layup for you. I think that if the question is what food means to me, there is the risk that again I, I start being Italian and I speak two hours. <laughs> so I, I will try not to do it. <laughs> no, I think that slow food means, of course, many, many things, but above all, slow food means uh, life. I think that uh, means really a, a choice in how we have to make uh, uh, all our choices in during our lives. Because when we talk about food, it's clear that we talk about food, but food is everything. And as we always say, it's, uh, we are always in favor of the holistic approach. So food is environment, food is life, food is nature, food is uh, agronomy, food is biology, food is, uh, food is it's our, we are what we eat. And so in that sense, I think that above all is a choice of life. And then I think that it's also important to say that uh, it's a global movement. We have never to forget that we are in uh, 150 countries. We reach uh, regularly 1 million people. People who are interested in uh, changing the food system. People who are interested in uh, understanding why we are in this terrible situation and in which way, all together, we can uh, really contribute for a better future. Because we, we live in such a, a bad historical period from the political point of view, from the environmental point of view, from all the challenges that we are facing the, in this phase. And we really believe that only giving a big value to the diversity of people, respecting diversity of people, and connecting the diversity of people, uh, we can really be successful in thinking to a better future. So it's, uh, I really would say that it's a philosophy and it's a great way to connect people from every corner of the planet. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you on this. I want one word, because you're Italian, I'm gonna give you one word, that what it means to you. To me, it's, uh, it's my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was two and a half words. <laughs> life. <laughs> you know, I, I know 10 words, so <laughs> I have to use them. Right. Alice, what does slow food mean to you? Well, I have to say, it's my life, too. <laughs> it's how I live my life. But I think of it a little bit like a really good perfume. That when you put it on and come into a room, people are attracted. You know, they sort of come to you because you are trying to sort of win them over with an idea. You're not trying to push them into thinking one thing or another. You're trying to, I dare say, seduce them. Don't say no. <laughs> what do you mean you dare say? You're trying to seduce their ass. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in, in a way That's that, why you started cooking, Alice. You know that. <laughs> in a way that they aren't really aware of it. That's why I say it's like a perfume. It's just like an aroma in the room. It's like rosemary burning. And you, you just want to be there. 
And if we can create that environment, people really become engaged. And I never forget to bring the bowl of fruit to put on the table. It's something that's beautiful. I mean, Ron and Ron Ron's and looking the for the bowl of fruit right now. <laughs> you know, it's it's being attracted to to nature and wanting to be part of it. And uh, we all. I hope you can all feel. Do you feel the perfume? <laughs> because from here, each of you individually is going to carry the perfume around you. Right? We, just, we just have to bottle this perfume. <laughs> <laughs> and really get it out there in the world so everybody can, can put spritz. it Yeah. Ron? Yes. How may I help you? <laughs> what does slow food mean to you? Well... Freedom, you know, it's like what P was saying. It's, 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 to me, that's what it means. And I'm, one of the things that we need to change is this whole sustainability bullshit. Sustainability is bullshit. Because this glass, if I leave it here and nobody touches it, it sustains itself. But it, that's all it does. It doesn't do nothing else. It doesn't grow, it doesn't do nothing. It sustains itself. What we need is regenerative practices in everything. <laughs> Every fucking thing. Okay, not sustainable. That's this in the corporate. The cor all these corporations have taken it, or our sustainability initiative, or and it's, and it's just this word that. And when you look, it don't mean nothing, but it's gonna stay the same. We don't want nothing to stay the same, you know. So we want, but gardens where I'm, at, they equal freedom. That's what they mean to me, from this oppressive system. You know, where you, you, we have to take life into our own hands and we need to control it. Not to having the corporations controlling us like we're ants on an ant farm, and that's what's happening right now. I think it's really interesting to, to put sustainability and stasis together because that's really what you're doing. And I think most people think sustainability is, has um, different meanings. I think that's... But how many means we're gonna go with Webster? Or we're gonna go who's? I mean, that's like everything. Religion means everything. Somebody, like what, what, what do you do? I mean, when, but at it, but at the cuts up, it's that's what it means. It's like it sustains it. Something that sustains itself. It's not something that flourishes and grows and and multiplies and and rejuvenates and regenerates. It sustains itself. So. You, do you want a bank account that sustains itself, or you want a bank account? That, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to hear. I want mine to be regenerated. <laughs> um, you beautifully sort of edged your way into my next question, which is, what do you think? <laughs> thank you, Ron. Uh, which is, what do you think the most important um, issues are to tackle for the future that we want? all of us to be thinking about as we go through these few days together. That was Setting the stage for that. Well, you, you began. You can keep oh. going. I bet you can keep going. What do, what do I want? Give me that again. Sure. I'm <laughs> dyslexic, so forgive me. <laughs> what issues mm -hmm. do you think are the most important for us to tackle to, 
towards improving the future? To improve in life is value. We need to change our values. We need to change what we've been taught to value. Okay, we value diamonds and money and shit like that that has absolutely no value at all. We don't value air. <laughs> How could you not value, why isn't there a pledge allegiance for air? But what do we, we have a pledge allegiance for fucking, right? Where's the pledge allegiance for soil? You know, people that, what's the single most important thing to your life? It's not your kids. <laughs> it's oxygen and nobody says it. <laughs> You know, it's not your cat, all you crazy cat people out there. It's not your damn cat. It's air. So why don't we, why don't, why don't we have kids realizing that? And I'll ask that question from Compton to Copenhagen. And nobody says air. It's everything else, you know? So we need to really, how can the most important thing to your life be something you can't even see? It's not food or water. It's oxygen, you know? So we need to, so why don't we value it? Why don't we value soil? Why? We're soil. We're dirt. Everybody in here, we are nature. It's not nature. We don't go hike and, oh, let's go to nature. Look in the mirror. You're going to see nature. And that's, that's one of the first things that people need to change. If you're harming your mother earth, you're harming yourself. Okay, in the period, if you're trashing mother nature, you're trashing yourself. So that's what I want people to take back, that just to re- reclaim what's really and truly valuable to me. To, to you, to all of us, and it's this planet, period, because we're a part of it. We are nature. We decompose. We're carbon. We're soil. You know, diamonds have no value, but they have us believing for how many that they do, you know? So it's, that's what I want people to value. Change what you value. Value humanity. But the real question is, how do you teach slow food values in a fast food culture? This is the question. We have children that have been indoctrinated from birth by by advertising, by by the food that they eat, by, by the way that they're treated. And, and then they go to public schools, and the schools are industrialized like our farms. And it's, you know, it's all about teaching fast food values in the schools. And of course, the lunchroom is the biggest example. But it's not just in the lunchroom. It's in the orientation towards making money. It's how do we learn on the technology how to get ahead. And we're being taught in, in a world that is, is not asking us to, to use our senses. So we're being desensitized. I'm a Montessori teacher, as you probably all know, not for very long. <laughs> But uh, I know that those pathways, touching, smelling, tasting, seeing, hearing, are the pathways into our minds. And that, that we as a culture 
have become desensitized. We, we have, their pathways are closed off. And I feel like people are imprisoned in a way, uh, not able to get that information. And uh, so we, we need to learn by doing and working in the garden, having a kitchen classroom and a garden classroom to teach all of the academic subjects. So it's not a garden to teach gardening, per se. Right. And it's not a kitchen to teach cooking. Right. It's just that you are smelling and you're tasting and you're, you're experiencing nature. And there ain't an app for that, so don't <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that they're putting, you know, as if you can go to Yosemite Park on a big screen. You can't. You can't. You need to feel the, the power of the falls, the, the, the uh, you know, the, the change in the air. And that's what's so enriching and so memorable. And, and that's why when you ask people for their strongest memories in their life, it's very often about food. It is. Yeah. I think that the two of you have already said what I wanted to say in a much better English. <laughs> <laughs> so I... So do it in Italian, please. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I... So do I add something. <laughs> so I think that what is... It's really, really important for me is that we should all uh, be aware of the fact that uh, it's time to act. Yes. Every one of us has to realize this. It's, and also we have, I think, to realize that every one of us, with simple daily choices, we could contribute to change something. And uh, we always talk, and uh, again, sustainability, everyone speaks about sustainability. I mean, I, one of the boring components of my job is that I have to speak with a lot of politicians. <laughs> and in any meeting, any speech, they use the word sustainability for at least 20 times. Right. <laughs> and then when you ask, and so what do you do? Nothing. <laughs> but we need to have the real meaning of sustainable, as what he's saying, choices. And they are simple. And uh, who knows me, to make an example, knows that I have a personal fight against the pre-washed salad. <laughs> I have a personal fight, you know. And if you analyze all the, you know, the pre-washed salad, and uh, food is always too expensive. There is no, never money to buy food, and they, if you check the sales and the statistics, the pre-washed salad is always increasing their sales, and it costs between seven and nine times more than the great fresh salad at the, at the farmer market. But we don't have time to wash the salad. <laughs> wash <laughs> your the, damn the, salad. That I think is something completely crazy. Your salad, pick your salad. And then wash it. And then wash your salad. <laughs> and, and it's crazy. And then I always say that we in Italy, that we, we, we pretend to be very smart. We pay nine times more to buy the pre-washed salad we do not trust the companies and the industry, and we wash the salad again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't buy the pre-washed salad. 
do not drink Coca-Cola. Make right. simple daily choices. Right. Convince your families, your friends. At least once in a while, cook something right. at all. <laughs> cook something. It's not true that it's not possible to right. cook. It's not true that it is not possible to share a meal with some friends or family. And that, this is the other message. Never forget that we are not alone. Never forget that only if we join forces we can have and guarantee a better future for the next generation. And especially in this historical period, everyone wants to build walls. We are facing Europe, I know also you're here, we are facing Europe something that is criminal with all the migrants, with all the people wanting to come, and, and, and we, are, we are criminals. And we do not realize that we have to build bridges. We don't realize that we have to connect with others. And food, food is perfect, it's the perfect example. You know, the example, we, we, also in Italy, we started to say, Italy first. And uh, the symbol of Italian food is pasta with tomato sauce. Pasta, the wheat is not Italian, tomato is not Italian. <laughs> and we are stupid to say Italy force with, with pasta. So let's realize that we are not alone, join forces all together, we can guarantee a better future. Yeah. So Paolo mentioned what he as an individual would do, because we each as individuals need to act. Alice, what is, I mean, your life is filled with so many, but when you think about, in your mind, the most important thing that someone could do to make a change that's daily, or has a daily effect, what would that be for you? Well, for me, it really has to do with education. And I, I know that we can all make personal choices, make buy different things than we're buying. But when, when you're working within this fast food culture that is pushing you to order online and to buy another one, throw that one out and buy another one, it is very difficult to get any airtime. And so I'm trying to think of the place where we can make the biggest change the most quickly. And it seems to me it's the public school system. As I say, it's our last truly democratic institution <laughs> in the country. And it's around the world. And if we go through that cafeteria door, uh, I keep saying it's the only one that's open. It's open not all the way. <laughs> we actually need a pry bar. You need a crowbar. You need a crowbar to get in. But if we were to go into that place, and I think that the governor in the state of California is going to let us in that door. Woo! Yeah, I'm very, very excited. It's not public yet. <laughs> but. We are going to try to do a free, I hate to word this, sustainable. <laughs> Ron will redefine this for us. Um, school lunch for every child K through 12 in the state of California. Yeah. Woo!
yourself. So in order to do this, we're working on a model in Stockton, California, right out there in farm, big ag company, uh, country. But we want to make a model in that place because the mayor of the city said he, he heard me speak and I made a school lunch for all the people at the Forbes 400 conference. And we ate a meal made with all organic local ingredients, but we made a Syrian meal. And it was very simple and I think very tasty. It must have been because <laughs> the mayor came up to me afterwards and he said, we want to do this in 53 schools in Stockton. And he had a philanthropist at his elbow, and she said, I'll help you. Mm. So it began there. And I think those models are very, very important. Just like Ron's garden. They can be very powerful examples for people to see how this can work. Because no one can imagine it with all the the, again, fast food culture domination of our media and our lives. So we have to see how we can really do something with our hands. We need to make it. We need to make those lunch. Empower the people within the schools to do this work, not bring in food from the outside that they open up and heat up. <laughs> we want them to have the pleasure of cooking in a kitchen, connecting with the students who are so excited by the aromas that are coming out <laughs> of that room and where they feel that connection again. It's like having somebody over to your house for dinner and inviting them in to be part of the cooking process. And they, again, it's that slow food perfume that, that connects people. So I am very excited uh, and will need everyone's help in this room. But it's, it's like a barn raising. Mm -hmm. totally. so, it really is a great model. I mean, we did an AIDS quilt and we put it out on the mall in, in uh, Sacramento, oh, no, not Sacramento, <laughs> in Washington, so, D.C. Yeah. But we're going to put out something there in Sacramento in two years. So mark your calendars. <clears throat> so, Ron, I'm going to ask you a double question because Alice answered two at once. <laughs> um, the first question is what do you think, and as an individual, is the most important thing to do? I'll start with that. Well, first of all, I gotta give a shout out to the three black people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, come on, y'all. Y'all don't have, don't black people eat food too? Where, where's, where's all the black people? Don't, they don't got no black people here? Where you at? Represent, represent. <laughs> 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 oh, that's the same thing. Same thing. No doubt. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the 
The one thing an individual can do, the first thing is keep waking up. That's what you got to do. If you don't wake up, what can you do? So how, that's, the first, that's the very first thing. I tell people that's my five-year plan, to keep waking up in the morning. Because uh, if you don't wake up, who gives a shit about your five? What's your five-year? He's dead. Yeah. Um, but no, first thing, again, I think the first thing you can do is, is change your mind, change your, and, and again, change your consciousness and change your values. Realize that, that this is important. And that's, it's, not, it's not taught that this is important, you know, because food is not important. Will and Alice is the head of the you know, education system of the United States. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a hell the of a czar job. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the czar of You know, so I, I, that's the first thing I, I need to, that I think we all can do is change our minds, you know, and, and look at how we've been Jedi mind screwed you know, by the things that we've been taught to relish, to value, to care about, because we don't care about each other. And I want to move to what Alice, um, you know, Alice was describing what she was doing in this moment Mm -hmm. that makes a big impact, and the work that you're doing makes a big impact. And I, I want, I mean, you all might know about it, but I'd love to hear what you're working on that you're excited about that's making an I'm, wake, I'm working on waking up in the morning. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you told me last night. And then you woke up this morning, but I know you have so much more to say. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing, um, again, I mean, what, what I'm doing is sh- sh- basically showing people to, or trying to get people to be free and also to change our values into just look at things, look through things, look around things, instead of taking everything at face value. You know, smell, use all your senses. Can we talk about the way in which you implement that um, through a garden, <laughs> <laughs> through, through your other projects? Well, um, I mean, yeah, we can. You don't want Where to. You want to start? No, I don't, I'm not saying I don't want to. No, of course we can. I mean, what, well, what I do, I... You know, I put a garden, I started with a garden in South Central on the street, um, and I got in trouble for it, which a lot of people probably already know. I actually got an arrest warrant for planting tomatoes. So. <laughs> and uh, I always tell people, it's like, imagine me in, in jail for planting tomatoes. People are like, yo, yo, homie, what you in for? <laughs> yeah, and then I planted some tomatoes. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, that'll get far. But what, it's, it's basically, to sh- a lot of times, like, if I ask people, you know, what are cities designed for? And most people will say people, and that's just wrong. They're not. Cities are designed for one thing, and that's commerce. We're ants. We're, we're here to work. That's why we live on top of each other. That if cities were designed for people, we would be able to do this. And, ooh, there's a pear in my hand. Or for most of you people, ooh, there's an avocado toast in my hand. Um, <laughs> But uh, so what I'm trying to do is make cities more humane, design them where they're more humane, where where it's more humanistic focused. And um, that's what I managed to do with with my garden is to have because we're, we're changing the whole environment when you plant things, you know, from, I have birds that have never been in, I've never seen in South Central before because I put the garden. Like last week, I had three, 
and this doesn't sound like none, but I had three dragonflies, three different dragonflies. You might not know how, that's big as hell, you know, because I've never seen a blue dragonfly in my whole entire 89 years in South Central. <laughs> you know? South Central goes two for one. Yeah, so it's like, so it's, um, so what I'm just doing is trying to change people's consciousness and what's possible. We don't need grass, you know? It's not doing nothing for us. We're not cows, we can't eat that shit. You know, so what I'm trying to, what I'm, what I'm doing and what I've been able to do in places around the world is just that, change people's mind on what's possible. You know, where I could go to Sao Paulo and somebody will walk up to me, we have 15 gardens because of you. You know, where I can go to Greece and people are like, oh, this, where I have gardens named after me in the UK. I didn't know this was gonna happen. I had no idea that this was gonna happen. So. What I, and that, I guess that's the biggest thing I'm trying to do is trying to make things where it's more humane, where we give a fuck about each other, you know? Whereas it's, it's like it's realized we, have, we all have the same needs, you know? And the, the, one of the biggest things I'm trying to get people to, to operate from happy, you know? It's like, period, whatever you do, if that shit don't make you happy, don't do it. You know, and raise your kids like that. Raise your kids to be what they want to be, not what you want them to be. Because what they want to be is already in there. And that, that's it. It's just, I can't, and I'm doing it through food, you know, which that's my art form. That's my graffiti. Um, but am I missing something that you want to hear? Because you're looking, <laughs> I'm you're really, looking I'm, at me. No, I'm really good with that. I'm really good with that. But I was really also intrigued by the, but, like, the gigantic size chess pieces and the... Oh, well, um, I, I do this that event. That's really cool. Yeah, I do this event called The Function. And it's called, it's like The Function, but it's in the hood, so I call it The Function. Um, and the operating letter, words, and there's fun. It's in capital letters and the logo. And that's for a reason. First of all, we function but, and we should function together. And it's, it's just a community fun fest where we have everything from the giant bubble wands to tug of war, mosaics, um, giant chess playing and Zumba, um, uh, yoga, hammock, you know, a lot of these kids in the hood, they never laid in a hammock before, you know? Um, and so African drum circles, uh, and they get to work, we have artists that make ceramics, clays, and they get, to, they get to do this themselves. They get, and we set up a, guard, a big garden and, and we, we show people that nothing is trash. So we'll have a 17 foot canoe that we'll use for a sunflower bed and things like that. Just, I want people to look at things differently. That's what I'm saying, look through it. Okay, it's, this glass is a glass now and what can it be later after it's supposedly done what it's supposed to do? Where like, I was, stop throwing everything away because we can re, we can repurpose everything, just like you can repurpose your life and your mind. And that's what, the, that's what the, the, the function is about. And it's about you having fun without asking permission. And we get that question almost every year from someone, why can't we have this all the time? I'm like, it's a hula hoop, okay? <laughs> you can have it, it's a jump rope. You know, so we have, we have you know, 50-year-old people out there double-dutching who hasn't, haven't done that in 30, 40 years. So that's, that's what the event's about. And it's an event, it's things, and it's simple. It's things that could happen all over the world in this, this kind of play, this kind of place-making, um, this kind of interaction um, should be happening all over the world. 
super inspiring. Thank you. Uh, and what is it that you're working on, Paula, that in the slow food world that you feel is having the biggest impact now, a program that you're working on? Or... <laughs> Again, how much time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, apart from talking, I think that what Ali said, it's, uh, of course, it's crucial uh, about education, education in general, but especially in schools. And, uh, and it's a very, very difficult topic because it's, uh, the lots of the lobbies are so powerful. To give you an example, up to last year, I think that the best country in the world uh, in kind of food in school used to be Brazil. They had very important role, laws to oblige to use uh, what they call agricultura familiar, so small family agriculture, small scale farming to introduce in all the school meals and everything. With the new government, they are trying to change everything also there. Take it back. And, uh, and to give you an example, they used to have a, a big event uh, on the small-scale agriculture funded by the, by the federal government. They canceled it. And uh, to give you the food, we decided next year we are going to have Terra Madre Brazil because we think that... It's the right response. If they don't want to have an event on small-scale agriculture, we have to do right. mm -hmm. but can I, Paolo, can I ask a question? Where, where do they benefit from turning this back? Where do you see, where's the, where, how do they benefit? How does the government benefit the, from taking all this? You know, the government has been financed by, only by big lobbies and corporations and, uh, and everything, and they have to give back. You're talking about the United States? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. No, I, don't, don't open, please, the, the, the topic of policy, because in Italy, after, you know, I, I'm going to say something that I was thinking that was not possible. You, you all know Berlusconi, of course. You have heard about Berlusconi. The actual government is worse than Berlusconi. Right. <laughs> that is something crazy. It's even worse than what you have here. But Brazil, it's worse than everyone. Yeah. That, is really, that is really crazy. But... Uh, other experiences in school, also to give you what we are trying to do. In Brazil, we organize Terra Madre. And talking about school, I'm very happy we have here, and you will have a chance to meet them uh, in these days, a delegation, six people from Zofood Kenya, and one guy from uh, Zofood Uganda, that are the two countries in Africa where we have uh, uh, more active, where we have uh, several hundred uh, school gardens, for example. What we learned there... And years ago, was crazy. We, we learned, we went in a school uh, where uh, children from 11 to 14 years, so it was so important for uh, the, the, the growth and the <clears throat> education of these people. And you know, in those schools, uh, the punishment for children, for students, that they were not good, which was the punishment? Take, you, take the food away. To go to work the land. Wow. To go to work the land, the farms. Yeah. to farm. You are a bad guy, go, go to farm. farm. <laughs> How you can accept this? How you can give value? The word value is the most important word that, that we can have because we only think about cost and not about value. How you can give value to be a farmer and how you can give value to food if the punishment is to go to go farm. farm? It's criminal. But it's been like that throughout history. I mean, that's why it's hard for us to get, you know, different 
organs of different people, nationalities of people to touch the dirt. I'm not a slave. I'm not a migrant farm worker. But they don't understand that that's where the gold is. It's in that soil. That's where the riches is. It's in that soil. So how do we make our gold in with slow foods? We need to make that shit sexy as fuck. We need to make we need to make gardening so sexy. We probably need to have pole dancers in the garden or something. I mean, we need. How do we make it? How do we flip that and make this the value? That's what we got to do. I, you 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 got the point. Our experience and also my personal experience that uh, it's feasible if you have the opportunity to talk to people and to explain the value of the local identity, of the local products, the and the, the quality, you know, the good, clean, and fair concept. The issue is that all the communication, the marketing, is in the hand of the big corporations. You know, what we said years ago uh, in Terra Madre, one of the slogans was, uh, they are giants, but we are There's a multitude. <laughs> we need to be multitude. We need to have inspiring people like yeah. you and like all of you to go around the world to talk to people and to explain that uh, it's cool. And uh, in some places, it's happening, you know. Uh, and if you analyze the history, 20 years ago was different. 20 years ago, all the marketing research, they were saying that the only way forward was fast food, was McDonald's. Do you know what McDonald's Italy has done uh, was one year and a half ago? They advertisement on the major media, on the major newspapers and everything. The slogan was, we are the real slow food. <laughs> oh my God. We uh, laugh. That's criminal. <laughs> they do many more criminal things than that. So. <laughs> It's criminal, but if you analyze, you realize that uh, they understand that in Italy, the majority, not majority, but the good number of people, they want quality. Right. And 20 years ago would have never been possible. So it's very important to talk to people and to, to really create a ground to explain that, uh, of course, that they are not the real food, but uh, <laughs> that is what you said before, that going to the garden and eating that food is what is really cool. But there's something so um, disturbing about all of the big companies taking our language and sort of greenwashing. I couldn't yeah. believe it when McDonald's said, we're not doing any more frozen meat. And it raised their... their Stock uh, price. Up by 30%. Wow. I mean, just because they said, we're doing fresh meat. You know? And it's, it's, it's all the time. They're just grabbing the terms and twisting them around. And so we, that's why we have to begin in kindergarten and, and get kids back into nature. You know about the forest school movement, I'm sure, because in Italy they have a waiting list in Rome for, of like 300 families mm. who just want to bring their kids to the edge of a forest to play, <laughs> to play, not to really learn just to play. And now they have ocean schools. And it's a worldwide movement because we're so disconnected from nature. And I think we can't 
we have to be that good news. This is what we have that no one else has. No one has good news. And I've thought that maybe we should have a little five minutes called good news. And uh, it could be maybe even situated at the end of a CNN. <laughs> now we have you good wrote, news. That now we got Ron Stanley. <laughs> it's so good, good news. news. But, I think we can use that. But we need to, to do something together and dramatic. So let's, let's and hand done. It's like you, you, we could build something. We really could build something. We could plant a forest. We have the, the capacity to dream up these ideas, and we need artists to help us. We need filmmakers. We need, we need farmers, I mean, big-time young farmers, to bring the culture back into agriculture. We have to, that's, that's why I, I call this school-supported agriculture, agriculture, because it's not the schools coming, I mean, the farmers coming and sort of uh, begging the schools to take their food. This way, the schools say, we want to support you. We want to come out to the farm. We want to bring the kids there. We want to give you that reassurance that we'll always be there for you. We'll buy what you have and we'll pay the real price. So you, um, I think you're describing something that um, is an idea and a dream of something that we can do in the future. And I think two years. Two years. Well, <laughs> so tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. <laughs> I'd like to focus on um, it, it, as the the la perhaps the last question. Um, did you? Are these pre questions? Did you figure? When did you figure these questions out? Why you want to know? Mom? <laughs> <laughs> That's really an inside joke, people. Um, <laughs> so, for for slow food, is. Is there a vision that you have in moving forward that is a way to either uh, change partnerships, invent new ideas, approach things differently that you think could have the dramatic effect that we're talking about here? Because in fact, values are very difficult to change. Public perception, which is the sexy, um, is very hard to change. And Try changing culture. Right, so, and that's our goal. But when we take that as our goal and we have all of you here with us to make this change together through Slow Food, what are some ideas that come to mind? Alice? <laughs> <laughs> I think we really need to decentralize in a way. That we need to go state by state and find all of the existing organic farms. We need to find them all. And we need to know what they're growing. We need to know what they have grown in the past. What has been really nourishing, uh, you know, in places, what has been drought resistant, what is 
desirable to eat? What, has been, what are those varietals that are really important to plant? It's about the arc of taste, discovering everything in every state. Uh, that's the first thing I, I immediately asked Google whether they would map this for us in the state of California. So we knew how the schools could connect with the farms or what products we had to begin to work with. And I mean farmers and ranchers who are all doing the right thing, not just the farms. Uh, even the fishermen who were doing the right thing. But if we did it state by state, and we've really made, made a website that was a big old map, <laughs> a big old map, and that we could see this growing and, and, and learn about uh, the, uh, you know, where we need to buy directly from the farms. Yes, the farmer's market has grown, and it's one of the great things that's happened in this country is the growth of the farmer's market. But again, they're being co-opted in many, many places. They aren't all farmers. They aren't all organic. They're getting competition in being places where people go to eat and they don't go to shop. I've been watching this for a very, very long time. And what it needs, those farmers need are cheerleading all of the time. Just, you're doing the greatest thing. We want to get that and we want to share it with our friends. But that would be the first thing I would do towards rebuilding this whole food system. And see how many farmers exist, right? I mean, I heard something shocking about uh, Wisconsin last year that they lost something like 830 um, uh, farmers and ranchers. I mean, it's, it's just, we could have, with the power of the buying in the schools, supported all of those, those people and encouraged them to produce food in a good, clean, and fair way. So that would be what I would do first. Paolo? Yeah. <clears throat> if you give me 30 more seconds, uh, 30 Italian seconds, <laughs> <laughs> before responding, I would like to uh, to make a comment on something that Ali said before that I think is absolutely crucial uh, that has to be at the center of every slow food person uh, on this planet. That is the, the concept of the good news and the concept of the positive approach, of the solutions. Of course, we have to know the context, but of the solution. And in saying this, I think that the most inspiring person that thought that can teach us uh, something about the positive approaches our the other international vice president is. Maybe some one of you knows him. He's Eddie Muchibi. He's a 32-year-old agronomist from Uganda. That is one of our global leaders that uh, talking about uh, uh, international aid 
in Africa that there is, there is always something negative, there is always a problem, there is always something that doesn't work and that we have to go there and help them. It's criminal. <laughs> Africa is one of the richest continents of the planet that we destroyed with our, for our, we means Europeans, North Americans and everything. And the concept of the international aid to go there to teach them what to do. It's completely wrong and it's not the slow food approach. The slow food approach is tell the story of a continent with a, who is, that is rich of biodiversity, rich of, rich of culture, rich of food. All the poorest country in Africa where people have no access to food, they export food. They export food to Europe, they export food to North America to, to feed animals, to allow us to eat uh, meat twice a day to become obese <laughs> because we do that. So always a positive approach everywhere and giving people the ownership of what they do, the food sovereignty. Mm -hmm. That is the crucial concept. So good news everywhere in every corner of the planet. 45 seconds. And, <laughs> and to try to respond to the question, I think that uh, uh, we are working and on a plan 2020-2030 of, of the next 10 years globally. And this, you know, for an organization that was born in Italy where the, long, the longest plan usually is three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are global now, so we are obliged. So no, apart from joking, because there is not much time. We have 10 years. If we don't change something in the next 10 years, I don't know if we will have a, a planet. The planet, yes, the, the human generation. Exactly. And the vision is clear. Good, clean, and fair food for all in every corner of the planet. We are working on a tier of change, and there are uh, three pillars. Producers, good, clean, and fair food producers with biodiversity, with uh, protecting our food biodiversity, as Ali said. Consumers, that this terrible word, consumer. People, individuals, with the decision of not buying the pre-washed salad and doing intelligent choices, awareness. Policy, we have to affect policymakers. We have to affect the, the government in Brazil, in the US, in Italy, everywhere, because they can make the right decisions. So these are the three pillars, with food biodiversity, with education, and with one unifying uh, organizational tool. That is what also Alice said. We need to be very local. We need to be very decentralized. We already have several thousand food, slow food groups all over the world. We have to grow. We have to be multitude to defeat the giants. We need more people involved, more people involved. But always with, with having always in mind and never forgetting that uh, if we are alone, we are weak. If we connect with the others, we are stronger and we are global because this is the other added value about uh, what slow food is about. We are everywhere, in every corner of the planet, th there is something happening. In this moment, today, somewhere else in the world, there are other slow food people gathering, trying to, to change the, 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 the food system. So this is what we need to do and uh, the next 10 years will be absolutely crucial if you want to have a change. And I just uh, wanted to open up this uh, network that we put together about 
about oops, <laughs> uh, about eight years ago for the Edible Schoolyard Project. And we started collecting people who were having gardens in schools, or were changing school lunch, or, or they had a curriculum that related to nature and food. And we just simply put that out in the world. And we didn't seek people. I mean, yes, we called Slow Food to add their gardens to this network, but without really trying and not scaling in any kind of way of ownership or money or anything, we have nearly 7,000 schools, uh, 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 7,000 around the world. And, and what, what we've done is collected best practices. So if you live in some little corner of Brazil and, and about climate and you want to know who else is there doing it, uh, you can just download the information and have it for yourself. And uh, I, I just think that that's the power of, of slow food is that we are scaling it and we're scaling values. And it's so uh, amazing to think that this is without, um, you know, a, a financial incentive. The government. It's not without the government. It's just, it's just person to person. And yes, you have a, a charismatic leader like Carla Petrini, who has beautiful metaphors and who has created that language, that new language for us. But we have been empowered by that. And, and I, I think it's, it's just, it can't, it, will, it can't stop. It's really, it's really deep. Ron, is there anything you'd like to add? They, they, they're slow food. What I got that? Some black guy that planted a garden on the street. I'm going to take that as a no. no. Well, no. I mean, we all have, we all can do something. I mean, one of my big things is I want people to get involved to realize that there is no food shortage. Yeah. You know, there's a distribution situation that can be fixed. There's enough for everybody. And that if we all get together in our communities and start growing collectively, what you increase is you can't even measure, you know, monetarily because you, you're, first of all, now you know your neighbors, now you know your neighbors' kids, now you got looking out, now you're looking out for food, you're growing food collectively, so now you got fresh food, you're growing tomatoes, and Paolo is growing zucchini, so now, now we can share, <laughs> you know, and so I want people to realize that we can collectively what you can do to your own neighborhoods, your own streets, is, it's amazing because now you're creating health and happiness and safety and security in the same place. And it's easy, that's, that's the first thing you do. You know, put the hell with them. Put, out your, put a garden in your front yard and say free. Yeah. And then somebody across the street to do the same thing. And collectively, you, somebody's growing onions, somebody's growing lettuce, and share that food. You always say that growing food is like Printing your own money. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, again, because that's changing what we value. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I think that that's we've gone over a bit anyway. Really? But um, that's what Do we you have guys to, mind? What, they don't yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to thank you for this. They don't really have, you're not going to give them questions. You see, all these people came here, got a first thing in the morning, and then they we don't get they don't. How many people want to ask a question? See, two people want to ask a question. I mean, that's funny. I asked the question whether we could ask the questions. They told me we couldn't ask the questions. We don't have mics. But if people are willing to shout and willing to stay. How can you not have a mic in this big ass auditorium? <laughs> you want to walk around? I can. Why well, you might have it here? Yeah, like this. Get really close to Ron. Uh, okay. So my question would be, at least where I am in Cincinnati, there's been a lot of aqua farms that are popping up, and we have um, a really wonderful urban farms uh, growing as well. But what the feeling is about the aqua farms that are you know, supposed to be taking over traditional farming? I think is the question, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, aquaculture? Yeah. On aquaculture? Uh, aquaponics, aqu aquaponics. Any thoughts on aquaponics as part of the farm system? Um. To me, you can't fuck with soil. I mean, soil is magic. You know, soil is, you can't, you know, that's like even though the garden towers and all that aqua stuff, it's cool and it's, the food is beautiful, but your arugula don't have that heat. You know, your tomatoes don't have that, damn, what was that? You know, so it's cool and it's a way, but there's something, you can't put a solution in some water and think it replicates Mother Nature. You know, I mean, I don't think the soil scientists still understand what soil is. That's, it's just like a mystery. It's like, where did, it's like one of those, where did we come from? That's a mystery. They still don't know. Ask Deepak Chopra. I asked him myself. We really don't know. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your mic. I'm a huge fan of your work in particular. So. <laughs> Huge fan of everyone's work, but yours in particular and your TED Talk has changed my life. But I have to say, like, you're sharing the mic here, but as you pointed out, like, this is a room full of many white people, not only white people, but how do we make slow food good, clean, and fair for all, especially in the U.S., where we're always accused of being this elite dinner club what are your thoughts and everyone's thoughts, but specifically, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, when you saying that, the first thing that came to mind, open your doors, open your mind, you know, open your, and, and start having tables. I mean, take over your street. How about just closing your street and putting a table down the street and feeding people and inviting your neighbors to come in and eat and share a meal? I mean, it, it, it's simple. You know, people want to eat, people want to eat. And you're gonna say, I got some free healthy food here. You think they're not coming? Especially if you're some black folks, you got some collard greens and cornbread? What? May, may I say one thing on that, yeah. if I understood the elitism concept? Because I, I think that this is one of the uh, misinterpretations, and, uh, you know, and I think it's very important to make it clear that who we really are. And I think that I could speak hours, even in English, <laughs> to explain and to give examples of why we are not elitists and why good, clean and fair food has a universal right for all. And uh, not to be long, but the example of the pre-washed salad, <laughs> to go back there, and I could have... Now, today I choose the pre-washed salad, but I have potato chips, I have many others. 
explain that it's not a matter of money. Think to food waste. I think that in this country, we throw away, you throw away 40% of the food that you buy. 40. It's money. When we go to this supermarket that, you know, we buy these offers, you, you get three gigantic boxes of something and you pay only two, and you feel so proud. <laughs> then you go back home and you throw away 40%. You lost money. <laughs> if you are not interested in ethic of food waste, but you lost money. So we have to understand the real cost of food without thinking to all the externalities. The, the, you know, in this country, the, the cost, one of the highest costs that you have in this country is the healthcare costs related to the bad food, the bad diets, to obesity. There are, if I'm not wrong, a couple of years ago, in this country, the cost for, to just to cure obesity was 173 billion US dollars. One year, only in this country. It's tax money also, it's your money. We spend more money because we eat bad than uh, in eating. And then we don't give value to food. We, we spend more money in Europe, we spend more money on smartphones than on food. And I could continue for forever almost. <laughs> it's a matter of culture. It's a cultural issue. And this is our job, is to explain to people. Then, of course, it's complicated in, in some areas. But also for the low-income people, if you use the food stamps to buy Coca-Cola, we will never solve the problem. We need education. We need really to be aware. We need to wake up. Ooh, this is the key. Yeah, okay, it. that's the call, people. We need to wake up and wake up those around us. Thank you very much for joining us, and please give a hand to this incredible panel. Yeah.